0: Do your best, forget the rest, and bring it.
1: I'm your host, Rob Logan, and Mike Volpe is in studio with me right now. What's Uh, going on? However, we're not staying in studio. No. Because we are going to jump to an interview that we recorded previously. Yes. With the creator of P90X. That's right. Tony Horton. Mr. Tony Horton. Tony was a great guest. Uh, He was working out at Mike's gym. He was nice enough to do a session at Westerly Fitness which is the gym that everybody in the entire world should join, even if you don't live in Westerly. We we will be glad to charge your credit card if you live in California. Absolutely. And look at it this way. If you ever come out, you got a gym to use. There you go. <laughs> and Tony sat down with us. He was very yeah. generous with his time. And we talked about a lot of different stuff, including not only the P90X stuff and his workout philosophies. We talked about nutrition. Yep. Uh, we talked about his upcoming plans with the Tony Horton kitchen. Yep. He has own food
2: program launching.
1: Yep. Getting stuff into Seven Elevens. That's going to start in the West coast and then spread out eventually over time. Uh, and it all sounds great. And, uh, I learned a lot about him during this episode because we didn't just talk about that stuff, but we talked about what he's watching on TV and, uh, what he does with his free time and his, believe it or not, Past, I guess, fairly brief few years career in stand up comedy. That's right. Before Which getting explains into the, the humor, he has absolutely.
2: He's a funny guy.
1: Yeah, and it's... he's what? He just turned fifty. Fifty six. Fifty six. Yep. He's and he looks jacked. better than most people I've seen yeah. every single day. And his sister, who was also working out there, phenomenal shape for forty something years old. Absolutely. So. And I have to say, like seeing the session he did at your gym was very inspiring. And the, mm-hmm. the stuff he is capable of and the shape that he is in. And I definitely have more of that mentality. I know you're going for like big size and everything. The, I,
2: the class he taught was great though, because right. I felt,
1: I felt great after and even yeah. for the next few days, which is eye opening. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can't recommend enough. Yes, you should like have a gym membership and go to a gym and do the traditional things as Tony says, but also. You should have some other things built in there, whether it be P90X, whether it be his 10 minute trainer, mm-hmm. or any of those things. Definitely check out his original book, his new book that came out in February, all that stuff. I'll link to so many of his products in the show notes that you guys can check out. Very entertaining guy, very funny, really fun to chat with. Yeah. So I don't want to waste too much time. Yeah. So let's get right into the Enjoy. episode. Enjoy. Yeah, it's like and superhero stuff
0: to move functionally without just sitting on your ass and doing lat rows which I did today. Today was all traditional and sure. it's not if you have the thing is like my feeling is some have gone all crossfit, some have gone all ninja warrior. Some are are more traditional, you know. Um, what I like about yours is you've got the traditional stuff that gets the regular folks in the room, but you also got some other fun toys in there. You know, you got the TRX and, and the stability balls and med balls are critical, and those are great functional things. You should probably get yourself a couple more uh, Bosu balls. It's always nice to have four of those in the gym because that way you can You're stack them. For the classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can set you up there. I can set you up there. I can get you. I can get you uh, Bosu balls at cost. Okay. Yeah. I mean, why pay? Nice. Yeah, yeah.
2: They de- jack the price on us.
0: I know, I know, I know. Yeah. They just send them to me because, I mean, it's nice. I mean, I've got whatever. That's so well, You have a gym in your
2: basement. Actually.
0: I have a gym in my backyard. I have a separate house. It's, it's all, all gym. Yeah. For working out? For working out, yeah. That's awesome. It's the gym. It's, well, it's a guest house. It was there. Okay. And you know, I go, well, okay. And it was one big room. It wasn't sections. So it was just one big room. I go, well, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And the whole yard, the whole yard is pegboard, parallel bars, high bar, rings, rope and two slack lines. Hmm. You get a slack line in your place, which everyone will go, this is stupid, I can't do it. But then once you get one person in there who learns how to use a slack line, you know what a slack line is? I have is? no idea. A slack line is a one- or two-inch webbing. You probably want to start with two because it's easier for most people. And you just, you, just, you just tie it onto two poles. One of the things that they have now, and I can probably get it because I'm doing a deal with Gibbon. Gibbon's makes the slack lines. And there's the one that they have is maybe four inches off the floor. Mine's three feet off the ground. And it's basically tightrope walking, man, oh. on a, on webbing. And if if you just go look at go look at the uh, you know Google slack rope contest, and kids are doing backflips on it, man, and they're bouncing and hopping on That's it. Awesome. That's awesome. Cool. All I'm doing is walking on the damn thing. But you know, my opinion, the balance. We'll we'll talk about this and this. Here. Sure, we'll cover it, man. We just roll. I mean, there's no formal intro or anything. No, nope. Hi, just... it's Tony Horton. He's here in Wesley Fitness. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and we just kind of go, and I was, of course, I did some research last night, because that's my job, right. and I want to be prepared for you and everything. Who the hell
0: is, the hell
1: is this guy? <laughs> anyway. Well, I've done P90X before, too, so I'm not unfamiliar with the workouts. I've definitely uh, seen around. I've had a lot of friends. I had a lot of success using it, too, so you got some hardcore devotees out there, but one of the things I found most interesting about your background is that it wasn't originally in fitness. You actually were a stand-up comic for a while.
0: Yes, And, uh, yeah, that didn't work out very well. How long did you do that? I did it for about a couple years. Yeah?
1: I mean, I started last summer doing it myself.
0: You did. I
1: did. I'm still doing it. How's that going for you? uh, I enjoy it a lot, but it is stressful. It is super stressful. <laughs> that it is, man.
0: <laughs> that it is. You know, but the one thing about comedy, like anything else, is like training. There's a formula for yeah. it. You don't just get up there and ramble. You know, you have a setup, you have an act out, you have a punchline and a tag. That's the basic formula sure. of any, any joke. And the thing's got to be maybe no longer than 30 seconds. That's something you got to keep in mind. Yeah. And... Um, and then you know your act. You know a lot of actors are just words. Some some great actors. If you look at the ones that were always really successful, Jim Carrey. I mean the reason why he was so huge is because he was so animated. Mm-hmm. He could play a lot of characters. He had a lot of voices. Yeah. You got a great voice. So you know if you know you, you got to get you Arnold Schwarzenegger, fantastic. You know you whatever. Oh that's you, this guy you, right you, here. Incredible. It's amazing. Oh you do your Mike Mike Tyson. I'll hit you so hard I'll kill your whole family. You know. <laughs> and so when you have those when you have that in your repertoire you you can get more out of it. You know what I mean. You, you've got to be as visual as you are funny. But then some comics are just, you know, use more irony than they actually use uh,
1: f- voices and faces. And, was that and, something you went to a lot, the impression area?
0: Yeah. You know, when I was a, a young lad, I was a big fan of, uh, of Jerry Lewis. So if you look at the, you know, there's Buster Keaton and, sure. and Charlie Chaplin and Jerry Lewis, of the guys who were icons, Steve Martin, uh, who was very, you know, animated. And then, of course, Jim Carrey is another one. And these are the kind of this is the kind of humor that I like. You know, if you look at P90X, you have P90X. I mean, I'm not I'm not a clown, but I'm you know I'm silly in those things. and right. I'm having some fun, you know, because fitness is hard enough. So if you're going to treat it like rocket science or a drill sergeant, you're not going to draw on as many people. Yeah. So I think too many people in our industry take themselves very seriously. You know what I mean? I mean fitness is important, and, and gotta really <laughs> easy, you got to really, you got to focus. And, Shut up! No, no, you got to make this as light and as easy and as flexible. Um, uh, and it's inter- interesting to as many people as possible. That's, that's how you're going to get more people involved. That's how you're going to get more people to Westerly Fitness, the greatest fitness facility on the east coast of the United States of America, or doing one of my programs in your house. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. It really depends. It really – that's what draws people in. It's the atmosphere. It's, it's the people that are going there. And if you got a lot of guys with attitude and trainers that aren't cool and funny and, and, and uh, forgiving when you're not doing things perfectly – um, then you're going to have some issues. But but if you if you're, you know, I mean, you look at what I've done. We've sold, well, I don't know, man, eight million copies of X, X two, X three, one on one. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people out there. Maybe only a hundred thousand have done them. But but uh, you know, at least we've uh, we opened up the door to fitness to more people, and yeah. that's that's what's important. And we've I've used humor as as one of the ways to do it. So you feel like
1: your your performance background has informed the things that you've done since.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't imagine if I hadn't had that acting training and that comedic training and that improv training, what kind of trainer I would be. I think I'd be, you know, more straightforward, more serious. I would probably know what I'm doing still, but it's a delivery system. It's a form of rhetoric that draws people in. I mean, if you look at any TV show and you look at the host of the show, whether it be Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert or Jon Stewart or whoever you're a fan of, the NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams, I mean, why do you watch those shows? It's not because you like the, the lighting or the stage yeah. it's because it's that individual that brings that information to you th- you know through the TV so uh that that's what i did and it wasn't it wasn't purposeful it, w- it wasn't like um okay i've got to do this thing and put this joke here it was never like that uh, the cool thing about uh, our ceo carl Dykler over at peachbody was he said just go do your thing and if you get too crazy, we'll just tell you to tone it down, you know. <laughs> what was he <laughs> expecting by too crazy? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I get a little R-rated, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. I go, okay, the folks in the central, Amer- in the middle America, are going to be going for that, so I have to. It <clears throat> stop, <laughs> stop, cut. Well, let's reshoot that, Tony. That Hitler joke too soon, dude. <laughs> too soon. too can't, soon. Can't do it. Can't
1: do it. So yeah. Do you still follow comedy now, or?
0: Not as much as I used to. I okay. mean, I, I like Louis C.K. Yeah. I, I think he's oh, yeah. one of the most brilliant minds in comedy right now. I mean, he just pushes the edge of that envelope. He can get away with stuff that nobody else can, you know. Um, and I like Stephen Colbert or, or Stephen Colbert. I don't know what, what Yeah, is right. <laughs> I think that shows he's pretty funny and, you know, he can see the lighter side of politics. Um, but actual comics and going to comedy shows, not as much. Uh, I, I, I probably should stay up to it stay on top of it more, but. Yeah. Yeah. Louis C.K., though, that's where I spend most of my oh, time. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: amazing. And you've had a lot of celebrity clients throughout the years too.
0: I have. I've been very fortunate. You know, when I first started out in this business, you know, in the early days, I was training one or two people. You know, it was sort of a side gig for me. And uh but I was a carpenter and a handyman, and mm-hmm. I was washing cars and painting houses, and and uh, I was a I was a when I first started in the entertainment business, I was very shy, you know, which is weird. Like, why is a shy guy entering the entertainment business? But I was trying to break through these barriers that would really keep me keep me back. I so that, yeah. I did, uh, yeah, right. I mean, you got to push the envelope, or you know, you don't have a story to tell. Absolutely. I'm just trying to build a story so I can look back at my life and go, ah, what a bummer. Maybe I can pull it off next time so there is you know I don't know if there's a next time so sure. trying to go for it here but I, I was a trained pantomime and I learned it at, uh, at URI really yeah I was really fascinated by by walking in the wind and the box and all that kind of stuff and the cool thing about it was I didn't have to talk mm-hmm. because I had a bit of a speech impediment back then okay uh, I would kind of stutter and stammer and, and talk too fast and stuff like that and so with mime I could crank up the music I could put on the white face and I could move physically which is you know something that I that it was like basically my first form of exercise because, mm. you know, you'd finish a 20-minute a show or a 45-minute show and you'd be in a flop sweat at the I end. I was going to
1: say, do you develop some sort of body awareness from doing that that lends yeah, itself Yeah, you fitness? have to
0: because certain parts of the body have to be rigid to create um, uh, uh, an image that a wall is there or you're holding on to something or you're leaning on to something while other parts of the body have to stay relaxed. So, it, you know, it creates that that visual illusion, so to speak. And so that requires a lot of, you know, turning on parts of the body and turning off others and, and while you're trying to do something. And, um, you know, this is before I was training or exercising. But, you know, back in the day when I lived in L.A., that's how I, I bought food and that's how I survived. Sure. You know, I'd go down to the Santa Monica Pier or Venice Pier or into Westwood at UCLA and throw a hat down on the ground and perform until I made about 25 bucks. So I could oh, wow. S- so you'd perform
1: on the street? On the street. I was a street that's performer. That's amazing.
0: And and you know the idea was I'd look in that in my hat and go I think that's about twenty five bucks I can go home now you know and it's very different to uh, to perform at a show mm-hmm. where there's not as much at stake as opposed to performing on the street where you understand that that money in your hat's gonna feed you yeah. and pay a bill or two and it's it's not as fun on the street but you have to pretend that it is sure, and sure. as a performer you know that right you know sure. you're not in the greatest mood in the world and you got a one o'clock a.m. slot there's eight people left in the room you're thinking. Why am I doing this? This is brutal, but it's lesson learned. I mean, yeah. you come back, you come back stronger, guys. So, yeah, those were the days.
1: Do you feel like you're still performing now, even though you're not necessarily in entertainment directly? But I mean, you, you definitely. Oh, of course, of course. I think
0: anybody who's you know got a camera in their face has got to perform to sure. some level. Yeah, and 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 your technique and methods and and, uh, and approach is is everything you know it's nice to have knowledge a lot of people have knowledge but you know they're they're stuck hmm. they're stuck in life because they're in, they're too much in their head and they don't understand the the importance of a of a of a performance or a persona that helps get the point across you know and so you know getting back to your earlier question my first celebrity client was Tom Petty oh yeah and so yeah it was really cool man i mean he he was a guy who was in a bad way he actually met another client of mine in a hallway at a at a music management company on Sunset Boulevard, East End Management, and uh, Tom saw my client Harlan. Hi, Harlan, you look great. Oh my God, I'm <laughs> I'm fat. He, Tom's from Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> I got him going on tour. I got to get in better shape. Hi, oh, you look amazing, Tony Horton. You call him up. So Tom Petty calls me. Hi, I'm looking for Tony Horton. I hung up because I thought it was one of my no, friends. I was say. One of my friends, you know, <laughs> busting my chops. And, uh, and, of course, he, I think you hung up on me. This is Tom Petty. I'm a friend of Harlan Goodman's. I nearly fell out of my chair. So I went to Tom's house and, and you know, I, I realized that it wasn't about me. It was about focusing on him and, and making the, you know, because here was a guy who had never touched a dumbbell in his life or been on a stationary bike or had a heavy bag ever. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make that experience, you know, fun enough for him so that he wouldn't He'd want to have me come back the next day, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And so I had him for about three or four months. I, I think it was about four months. And he went off on tour wearing, you know, he was ripped. He was ripped. And, uh, and uh, he was doing these, you know, great shows, had tons of energy. His voice was never better. And so from, from that point, it was Billy Idol and Annie Lennox and Stephen Stills and from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young and Sean, Sean Connery submarines don't react well to bullets and <laughs> that's probably the worst sean connery in the world the day is mine yeah the day is mine am yeah, that's good man I'm gonna, I'm gonna take lessons from you i'm still working on my chris Walken. i can't get oh that's that a tough one. one yeah that is a tough one now yeah, you see yeah this watch was anyway you've got the facial right. down too isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah no chris, chris is still, i'm gonna work on that walking yeah i still love playing that way but so you know my it was a weird man when Finally, I didn't have to do those other things. I didn't have to do mime or be a carpenter or, or wait tables or anything. And I had, uh, I had my morning was Billy Idol, Tom Petty, uh, Annie Lennox from Eurythmus, Stephen Stills, and Stevie Nicks. That was my Monday, Wednesday, Friday client for like two or three years. Wow. And they would come and go, and they'd go on tour and stuff. But, um, yeah, I trained Tom on and off for almost 25 years. Yeah. That's cool. Mean, long. You were going
2: to their houses to do. that? I was going to the houses,
0: so, so you, you know, I was, I was seeing you how the. Yet or no, no. Not come to you. Well, Shirley right? McLean came to my apartment once, which was really bizarre. Like here's <laughs> wow. this, you know, here's this, this former megastar, part of the Rat Pack, you know, um, who was at my house working out, and uh, put her on a ski machine, and she almost cracked her head, so she got nervous. I never saw her again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just weird. Why do you want to come to my crappy little three bedroom apartment in, in, in Santa Monica? But mostly, yeah, and it was really neat to see how the other half lived, you know. I mean, you walk into a rock and roll superstar's home and you look around and go, damn, man, gold records everywhere and guitars everywhere and and just really plush, cool rock and roll vibe, you know. I mean, Tom uh, Tom's place was amazing. Billy Idol's place was amazing. Bruce Springsteen's place was, I mean, he had three of them, you know, sort of yeah. all in one yeah. place. And uh, so, yeah, just beautiful places, you know. And uh, But they deserved it. I mean, they were, you know, megastars. So sure. it was just kind of nice to be in that world. And the other cool thing about it, too, was that I was, I was comfortable around those folks. You know, it wasn't like I, f- I didn't feel like a servant or a, hmm. or a help. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I kind of fit right in to a certain extent. And, um, you know, I, I didn't make it all about fitness. I didn't make it all about stretching. I didn't sure. make it all about yoga. I didn't make it all about core, core exercises. We just, you know, we just did a lot of variety, you know, a lot, a lot like I do now with XX2 and X 3 and they liked that. They liked that it wasn't the same weightlifting thing every, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then cardio the same, you know, the Thursday, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. They liked the fact that we would bounce around from one thing or another. And they understood that it worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, they, and their repertoire of fitness was growing and expanding. You know, a lot of times people just find a yogi or a Pilates instructor, and that's all they've got. Sure. Which is, you know, beats the hell out of nothing, I mean, any movement beats the hell out of nothing as long as you're consistent, right? right but right. but they were learning a wide variety of things and not getting hurt in the process, not getting bored in the process, and st- seeing results that was obvious, to not only them, but to their staff and to their, you know, people who were writing the checks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then how did you develop your style? Because like you said, you don't want to do just one thing. Mm-hmm. So what was that, or where was that inspiration coming from where you said, okay, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, or I could put them all together?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, when I first started training, it was all weight training, and that's all I knew, you know what I mean? And that that made huge improvements in my body and physique and my self-esteem and my confidence. But I still couldn't run up not a basketball court without feeling like I was going to hurl, you know? And I could barely touch my toes. And so common sense told me, hmm, there are elements of my fitness that are still subpar." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can go, I got a nice bicep, but you know, other than you know, if, I'm, if, that, if I think that's going to get me girls, well, it's probably not gonna, – it's going to get me in the door. But then I have to have a personality too, I realized, <laughs> and a sense of humor. And I can't live in a van down by the river either. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of <laughs> – down by the river. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I just – I was just very lucky. I think a lot of it happened. It was very serendipitous in some some respects because – You know, I met a guy who was a marathoner and a a sprinter, and and, uh, he was a cool guy. And so I started hanging out with him and doing track workouts for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was terrible, but I loved it because I was terrible. You know, I knew terrible was going to lead to not as terrible later. Um, And then, you know, I was a member of Golds and World down in Venice, and, you know, there's Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger working out next to me. And I I actually worked out with Lou on and off over the years and uh, uh, still see him once in a while, you know. Um, and I learned a lot from him, but that was the bulk of it. It was really, you know, let's do legs for two hours, right? So you go in there and you do your nine sets of squats and you keep stacking on weights and blah, blah, blah. And then you go over to the leg extension machine, you put the pin in and you do those until your quads explode. And then you do the leg curl machine and you do calves for a half an hour, you know? And so it was all about aesthetics and ego and whatever, but... Then I started going to the track, and then uh, there was a girl that I was chasing, and she said, have you been to yoga? And I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> yoga? When's the next class? So he took me to yoga, and I'm a downward dog in the first five minutes, and I'm in a, I am just look like the tin man in a rainstorm, you know? <laughs> I mean, just heinous.
2: That's how I felt yesterday.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you <laughs> did all right, though, man. I did,
2: but I can tell you, I felt better. When class was over, my hips didn't hurt, my back felt loosened up.
0: Who's your buddy? You are. Who's your buddy? (laughs) You are. Yeah, get outside your comfort zone. That's where you got to live. Yeah, exactly right. That was a smart thing. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of gym owners. All right, go take a class. I'm gonna go to my office and work. But you know, you were curious. It's about curiosity. That's all it was for me. It was about curiosity. Where do I? Where? And so, you know, like I said in that yoga class, I've never had my ass handed to me so so brutally. In an hour and a half, 90 minutes, it was constant. You know what I mean? It was just constant up, down, one salutation after another, one vinyasa after another, warrior one. I don't know warrior one from warrior two, from warrior three, from up dog, down dog, triangle, right-angle pose. What is this stuff? It was an education on day one, and I was hooked. I was hooked. And I came out of there, and it f- it felt like I had taken, you know, a two-week vacation in an hour and a half. The feeling that I had just everywhere was different than – oh. Um, a weightlifting workout or different than a a track workout. And, you know, then, you know, somebody dragged me into a Pilates class. And then uh, I met this guy, uh, Steve Holmson out of Vegas, who did a ton of functional fitness. And Steve, you know, helped me create P90X2, which was all that proprioceptor fitness, Mm -hmm. proprioceptive fitness, stability balls, med balls, BOSU balls, you know, standing on one foot and exercising. Areas that it was so foreign to me and I was so terrible, you know, now I got two slack lines in my backyard. Holy smokes. You know, so it really goes to show you that the more, you know, and the more you do and the more you're outside of your comfort zone and the more you work on your weaknesses, the, the better your ability to slow down the aging clock. You know, right. I, I refuse to, to age, you know, the way my parents age, the way most people do at 56. I've been, I've been heli skiing. I go every year and, uh, you know, and I do a lot of agility work. I move, move on multiple planes. You know what I mean? I try to jump up. I try to go left, right, backwards. And you can't get that in a stagnant machine. You can't, you know. stagnant machines are, are great for the average person who's just being introduced to fitness. But sure. you gotta, you got to con- constantly expand and grow and change and, and, and change with the times. I mean, everybody's got a smartphone, you know. Right. Everybody has one because they understand that that's where modern technology is headed. They don't have a giant walkie-talkie from from Radio Shack from 1989 anymore. Why? And we're we don't even think twice about dumping old stuff mm-hmm. and getting new stuff. But when it comes to exercise, for some reason, we're still still stuck in this antiquated 1950s 1960s technology. I mean, look at plyometrics, for example. Americans weren't doing plyometrics, and the East Germans and, and Russians were kicking our butt mm-hmm. every time. You know, it came to all kinds of sports, and we went and we scratched our head. I mean, they were t- probably taking steroids as well, but whatever. Um, but, you know, we said, wait a minute, this jump training has a lot of value. And so, um, and look at yoga. I mean, yoga was something for hippies, you know, and right, and, and right. people from India, but it's probably one of the fastest growing routines there are. And and it's always morphing and changing and people playing rap and hip hop and, you know, there's, you know, rock and roll yoga. They've kind of, uh, you know, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not here to judge that. I'm not, mine's a more traditional type, mm-hmm. you know, more mellow where it's still hard. I'm still, you know, sweating my butt sure. off, but I don't need to be hearing, uh, Justice Beaver, while I'm doing. That's not <laughs> No, be it's, proud of the yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be proud. <laughs> it's not called Justice Beaver or Justice Beaver. It's your, yeah, well, who cares? The guy's a, He's a punk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so exercise is always going to change. And does it mean that you have to change with it? Well, maybe. Maybe you do. And maybe you don't. But you have to at least be open to it, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you
1: meditate as well, in addition to?
0: Not enough. Okay. Not enough. And I understand the importance of it. I write about it in my new, my new book. By the way, my new book is called The Big Picture. The Eleven will oh. change your life. Yes. Plug, putty, plug, plug, plug right there. <laughs> um, but if I do meditate, I've set up a little bench in my backyard and um, – it's just sitting up there under a tree. I look over the—I've been very fortunate that my house looks out over the whole city. I can see the San Gabriel Mountains in California and, oh. and Mount Baldy in the wintertime. It's covered in snow. So here I'm in Santa Monica at 72.5 degrees, and I'm looking up at snow, and I can see the Hollywood sign. I can see the Getty Center. Yeah. It's a pretty cool little spot, right? And and I go up there, and I don't—you know, I just I just tell myself I'm going to sit here for five minutes. And sometimes I sit there with my eyes closed, sometimes with my eyes open, sometimes with a little pad and pen because thoughts will pop into Absolutely, my head. Yeah. And I think, okay, here's a nice opportunity to kind of write some things down, if, help solve some problems. And then sometimes, I, you know, I'm more traditional, where right? I just sit there, hands in my lap, close my eyes, try to clear my mind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've never meditated before, it, it's it's hard. It is. It's crazy hard. You know, I always tell people the one thing that is everything sometimes requires nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what meditation is. Because it'll bring you answers that you can't find in your kind of frenetic brain that's trying to, you know. Especially in these times. Yeah, yeah. especially in these times. We're all especially here on the East Coast, you yeah. know. I mean, California, San Francisco, you know, it's it's part of the culture for a lot of people. But here on the East Coast, it's like, hey, yo, meditation. What are you, an idiot? I'm going to go <laughs> over here and, you know, do curls for an hour and a half. That's how I meditate. <laughs> okay, man, whatever works for you. I'm not going to argue yeah. with that. But
1: I'm sure you get some of that out of yoga, too, anyway.
0: Absolutely. The reason why yoga is so great, in my opinion, is is it encompasses multiple things at once. So you've got obviously the flexibility range of motion aspects of yoga. You've also got balance elements. I mean, it's everywhere in yoga, sidearm balance and, and, and half moon and tree pose and and a royal dancer and all these different kind of yeah. poses. We are standing on one leg sometimes with your eyes closed, right? So... Um, and there's also strength components. You know what I mean? If you're in Warrior Two, Warrior One, Reverse Warrior for five breaths, you're you know it's called isometrics. We've for, kind of forgotten the power of isometrics. The beautiful thing is it loads up with with blood and tons of oxygen, and you're not taxing it to a degree. I mean, if you go too low, sometimes maybe in a certain asana or posture you can you know put pressure on your knee if your foot's not in the right place or you don't have that range of motion in the joint or something but it's balance it's it's range of motion and flexibility it's also strength and it's very therapeutic because the whole idea when you're going through a you know a, a yoga flow is to find the calm in the storm mm-hmm. you know cuz your brain when you're starting out in yoga, And it's new to you, you know, your head's on a swivel, you don't know one move from the next, sure. and you're overthinking the whole thing, and you're holding your breath, and you're doing a lot of that, you know, bodybuilding, breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just blew out your speaker. Sha! Okay. <sighs> no, no, dude, you need to take that look off your face, relax your forehead, take that grimace off, stop, you know, clenching your teeth. And just be be in the moment. And the thing about yoga, if you've got a good instructor, they'll just they'll say, Hey, if you're you're in trouble here, go to child's pose. Mm-hmm. Or just come out of the asana and stand up for a second and shake it off. It's not a competition. You know what I mean? It's not like who can go in the lowest warrior two. And so that's why it's great, because it can encompasses yin and yang at the same time. Mm-hmm. Most exercises are yang-based. You know, if you're t- talking about the Taoist philosophy of, of balance, the pendulum needs to swing in both directions. Sure, sure. But too often we try to force the pendulum in just one area because we think that's going to generate the most success or the most muscle growth or greater, the greater lung capacity. Mm-hmm. When in reality, for that to happen, you got to get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, you gotta maybe hopefully find some time to meditate if you can't get the seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. And you gotta read and you gotta be quiet and mm-hmm. you gotta uh uh listen to music that isn't gonna, you know, knock your your socks off. Mm. And that's it. It's just needing to find the downtime. When you find the downtime, then you're more successful when it comes to building businesses and being creative and more thoughtful and more patient and mm-hmm. less injured and Uh, more durable in general. So it's hard. It's hard for people just to do nothing and chill and get some sleep and and meditate. It's hard to do. But if you do, you'll be more successful in general in all aspects of your life.
1: Well, it was very evident in the session that you ran yesterday too because they worked their butts off. But then at the very end, you had turn the lights off, Mm. bring everyone down. And instead of everyone being like, (gasps) at the end, everyone was just kind of calm and chill and could enjoy that feeling of what they just did
0: exactly right. You know, I mean a class ends and, you know, maybe there's a minute or two of some cool down and maybe a stretch and people bolt. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's maybe there's not a, a lot of programs that's not built in. There's not a, in the time frame it's not built in. I mean, we probably spent a good 12 15 minutes on mm-hmm. the chill part. Yeah. You know, and if a class is only an hour long and, you know, people want to get their money's worth, whatever that means, and uh they feel it needs it needs to be a full-on knockdown session for mm-hmm. the whole hour. Uh, but I, I don't i don 't see it that way, especially for older older athletes i sure. mean you know the idea here is that as you get older you're, you 're know, you 're supposed to consume hopefully more knowledge you don 't want to stop learning after college or high school right and that that new knowledge tells you that it's it 's got to change it 's got to be different it 's you know the 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 training techniques and the and the approach to a young athlete. Or somebody in high school or college is completely different than somebody in their 30s, 40s, or even 50s and 60s and beyond. I mean, there was one 61-year-old woman in that room, yeah, yeah. and she was doing her best, and that's all that really mattered. You know, it's too bad that there weren't 10 60-year-olds in sure, the room. Sure. And you hope that 10 years from now, when I'm in my 60s, oh, forget about that, I'm going to be in my 60s in four years. Holy crap. <laughs> there'll be more people like me in the room. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think there will be because if you look at the people who've done XX2 and X3, a lot of them are my age and there's no reason for them to stop. Mm-hmm. So I could be doing an event in, in whatever, 5 to 10 years, and there'll be a lot of 61-year-olds in there. And that's never happened before. Yeah, Never have there been people in their 60s and 70s who are super fit and pliable and, and ambitious and excited about fitness. And, uh, you know, it's part of ending the trend of obesity, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah, there were two people in the session yesterday too that came up to you individually one had said he lost like 60 something pounds another said he lost like 80 something pounds doing your program what does that do for you when you get to hear something like that
0: oh man it, it's it's probably you know there's a lot of highlights in what i do but that's one of them mm-hmm. that just means that what i'm doing is working yeah. you know especially for people who've never had that kind of success before and um and it come it comes down to the, the simple fact of of giving people a, a reason why that is powerful enough for them to want to be consistent, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and not making it all about the aesthetics, the dress sizes, the the tape measure, the scale, and all that stuff, because that can be a very debilitating process. You know, ex- when you're exercising with the hope that you're going to look different in the future, <gasps> man, that's overwhelming. So sure. why, don't, why don't you exercise with the hope that today's going to be better? <laughs> yeah. Because you got today, man. The past is history. The future is a mystery. So... So why don't you do something to make today better? And when you train today, you're better today. And you're also better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that and then you're also going to improve over the course of time. So a lot of people understand that that's my philosophy. So it becomes their philosophy. And so that way they can stick with it. You know what I mean? Because it's about consistency. That's number two consistency. You can't you're not going to get in shape three days a week. Because the other four days off are going to win. They're going to win. Every single time. You know, it's like brushing your teeth three days a week. Man, tell me how that's going to go for you. Right. Or skipping four nights of, of sleep. We do the basics. We brush our teeth. We go to work. We, we uh, you know, we eat our meals, whether they be healthy or not. And these are the things that we do to survive and barely survive. And, and then in the end, it's life is a drag mm-hmm. for a lot of people. You know, they get sick and they get injured and everything goes downhill. And it starts in their 40s and 50s. And then in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there's all these things that they never got a chance to do because they didn't take care of themselves or didn't learn those lessons, right? So, but these people, they've learned that lesson, right? They understand that it's five to seven days a week, forever, Mm -hmm. forever. And they understand that 80 to 90% of the food that they consume has got to be something that their great, great, great grandparents recognize and it ain't Red Bull and Doritos. It ain't. You know, can you cheat and have a Red Bull once in a while? Yeah, sure. But it's not something you're supposed to consume every damn day, three or four times a day. And we got to, you know, they're learning that you don't eat out of boxes and bags, you know, you eat, you eat from things that come from the earth that you can pronounce mm-hmm. that have one ingredient right. and figuring out how to put enough spices and whatever on that stuff and cook it in such a way so it doesn't taste like wax. Because people eat for flavor, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care how do. disciplined you are. I don't care what diet program you're on. The reason why diet programs don't work is because people stop doing them because they right. get so tired of the taste of this stuff. Right? So, you know, for for a lot of people, it just comes down to learning how to cook or learning which restaurants are going to make the meals that you want, that you're going to be consistent with, that aren't too expensive, so you can eat really well, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's really it, you know? And so you go from survival mode to thrive mode. I mean, you look at the people. This guy, Bill, who showed up at the track yesterday, he did my morning workout, you know, in that group of 25 that you mm-hmm. were in you know, this morning, Mike, and... uh and I said I, I said to everybody in the room, I said, Hey look at four o'clock, I'm going to the track, if you want to join join me. And there was only one guy there and it was Bill. So he did that, butt kicking in the morning, and then we ran hundreds, two hundreds, four hundreds on top of uh the part of the warm up is walking up the stadium stairs on your hands and knees backwards, on your hands and feet backwards. Really? <clears throat> yeah, Bill couldn't even, you know, get up a set of stairs on his feet before he started P ninety X. Now he's walking them up them backwards on his hands and feet. That's awesome. So, you know, and and, uh, that's really impressive. And so now, you know, think about Bill and think about the people who showed up to class, including yourself, who have an interesting story to tell. I did this thing. I showed up. You can't be depressed. You can't be sad. You can't have anxiety when you're in the middle of doing something that's hard and cool and new and different. Can't. So what you keep doing is that Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And then you take it and you go, "Mm, you know what, I'm going to learn how to rollerblade. I'm going to go skateboard. I'm going to go mountain bike. I'm going to go ski. I'm going to go, you know, Whatever. There's things that you can, I'm going to go buy a slack line for 100 bucks and figure out how to walk on that thing. Because when you're on a slack line trying to figure it out, you can't be sad or bored or, right. or you know, you're sitting on your butt in your house watching the tube. I mean, I like TV like everybody else, but I, I do other stuff too so I can, you know, build a life story that doesn't suck. Sure, sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm dominating
1: the questions.
2: You know, something you want okay. to ask about? <laughs> Exercise is, is scary enough, but I had a situation a few weeks ago where... Two guys are leaving the gym and they're talking, all right, we're going to have a protein shake and we're going to add some dextrose to it for, for some carbs. And the other guy, as he's walking out the door, goes, what's a carbohydrate? And my head literally dropped. I felt like I failed as a gym owner. <laughs> I was like, how do these guys not know what carbs are? But that's a scary part. And I know that, that you are trying to work on that aspect now because it seems like you've conquered the fitness side of things. You've mm-hmm. teach, you're teaching people how to exercise properly and do different things. But the nutrition end of things, is is something that you do touch on with the p90x program but i know that you're working on what do you call it the tony horton kitchen correct? that's right yeah which is a whole nutrition aspect now because right. people are lazy they don't want to cook i get it all you're the talking time. talking to one of them well i get it all the time can i just have a protein shake for lunch no you cannot you can eat real food <laughs> you can have your protein shake after you lift once a day that's it bingo yeah but people don't want to hear that. They no. want something quick. They want something easy. And that turns into McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, whatever fast food. Even it's cheap Subway as fast as yummy. Not, not yeah. a good option. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are you working on? I know you, you touched on it a little bit for us yesterday in class. Mm. But you have something very interesting coming out to the market.
0: Well, for the last two years, we've had uh, a product called Tony Horton Kitchen. And you can go to TonyHortonKitchen.com, pretty basic. And you can order um, free-range, grass-fed, Wild fish, organic food comes to your door. It's not frozen. It's actually fresh food. And uh, the meals average out around 9 to $14 a pop. And for some people, that's too much money, $14 a pop. But if you think about, you can go to McDonald's, order a, you know, a double cheeseburger, fries, large coconut pie. It's going to cost you more than $9, you know, right. give or take. So uh, you can do that and slowly kill yourself. Or you can go online, order some food, and it comes to your door. And all you have to do is heat it up, eat it up, throw away the container. You know and that's recyclable so you 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 skip a lot of steps and now you're eating real food the kind of food that like i said before your great great grandparents will recognize it's peas it's corn it's 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 rice it's quinoa it's um it's a uh, wild fish, wild salmon, you know, which is not easy to do. Uh, it's not always easy to get wild salmon. So also chicken and beef. I mean, it's all there. You can do paleo, flexitarian, vegan, vegetarian. There's any of this version. You can do seven days a week. You can do five days a week. You can do three times a day, two times a day. We try to give you as much options as possible. Unfortunately, it's not a menu. You just can't order. Okay. I want this, this, and this. Right. You have to kind of eat what we send you. But the main goal here is, to supplement your workouts in such a way so that the two things work together, right? Right. So you've got... You've got, you know, people always say, well, what is the percentage? What's more important, exercise or diet? I said, it, it's 50-50 right down the middle. It's 100% for both. Exactly. It's 100% for both. Now, are you going to miss workouts like today? I mean, my shoulder's injured, and my back is jacked up, and, you know, I'm not I'm not in the best shape right now, but I still came to the gym, and I backed off by a few reps, and I did, did a little less weight, and I got through the whole thing, and, you know, it wasn't perfect. I wasn't a hero. I, I didn't have a partner to work out with. I was kind of solo, so I don't, you know, push as hard. And so that's how I modified my routine. And when it comes to your diet, it's kind of the same thing. Sometimes you're going to have stellar, stellar days and you're going to have off days, you know. But the majority of what you put in your food hole has got to be healthy and clean and whole. And, and the best way to do it is, is, I tell people, is think about the three big calorie meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, people say, "Do you have a cheat day? A cheat day? A whole day of just pouring poison into my face? Are you out of your flipping mind?" Yeah, let me take some sugar and pour it in my gas tank. You know what I mean? Let me put some dirt in my gas tank. Yeah, let me put a needle in my mind. Let me smoke a a pack of cigarettes today. No, you know, I mean, no, I I can't afford it. I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I I like being lean and vascular and and strong, and uh, and it comes through the diet. You know, so. Do I have some french fries once in a while? Sure. Do I have a chocolate chip cookie? It's my favorite, favorite thing Delicious. in the world. <laughs> Delicious. Oh yeah, those are coming out of the oven and but yeah, give me that. <laughs> you know, um, but. You know, I'm trying to get my seven servings of vegetables every day. It's not easy, and the only way to do that is you got to get them in the morning, and you got to get them at lunch, and you got to get them at night. You can't. Oh, I'm going to have a shake in the morning. Where are your vegetable vegetables there? Sure, you got uh, something that's full with filled with nutrients and, and vitamins and minerals, and that's great. But you got to eat real food, man. It's all about the fiber, you know. And and that thing about carbohydrates, is, I mean, car, all carbs are not created equal. If you got some Ezekiel toast, that's high in fiber and high in protein. That's not the same as Wonder Bread. They're both a okay. carbohydrate but there one's one's closer to meat and the other one's closer to candy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So so you know, it's understanding. And does everybody have celiac disease and we all have to have gluten-free diets? No, but e- even if you don't have celiac and even if you have aren't gluten intolerant, can you eat gluten-free bread? Yeah. What's the yeah. harm in that? <laughs> I don't know harm in that. So yeah. it's just understanding food a little bit better and knowing what you've got to eat and and just think about it. Look down at your plate and see if your great-great-great-grandmother would recognize what the heck that is, you know. And so if you recognizes hot dogs and hamburgers, well, you know, maybe you're still in trouble. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just don't eat white flour and white bread and, and, and candy bars and candy. I, I'm not interested anymore. Or like, I would never eat a donut. Mm-hmm. Occasionally oh, see, when that's I'm fi- my weakness. You yeah. want cookies, I'll take a donut. Krispy Kreme. Oh, <laughs> dude. I know, dude. but it's so good. Yeah, my thing is a cupcake. If a gourmet cupcake, right? You've got some bakery. I'm, oh, I, I would have baked had I known. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have cupcakes, known. man. But you know, especially if you're, you know, think about it. Though you got these guys that are so into paleo right now. It's paleo, 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 and and, and there's a great philosophy behind it. I'm not arguing. Not, there's not. I'm not judging it. And for a lot of people, it works. But you know, I just I don't I don't know why people treat diets like a religion. Mm. You know, I'm a flexitarian or I'm a paleo. I'm what you, okay. I'm a Muslim who eats vegan. I'm a Christian who's paleo. Wow man, that sounds pretty rigid to me. It does. It feels really rigid to me. I'm in Paris and there's a pastry shop and it's world famous. So I'm gonna sit here and eat eat a chicken wing? No. (laughs) I'm gonna walk into that flipping pastry shop and I'm gonna I'm gonna experience that because I'm in Paris. Or I'm in Italy. I'm in Italy and this is the best pizza place in all of Florence. Oh, so I'm just gonna have you know, arugula salad with chicken because you're a robot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. And if you're happy and you sit down to that meal and you don't have that, that Italian experience or that French experience, whatever it is, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, some people, that makes them feel good. But I've taken the rigidness out, and I eat really clean 80%, 90% of the time, and then the other 10 or 20%, depending on where I am and what I'm doing, I just enjoy life.
1: And you have, too, the uh, the Seven Eleven component you were talking about yesterday, too, with your uh, upcoming meals. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Well, you know, we're very lucky. This is very exciting. You know, we're looking at the labels right now for our juices and determining what to call them and what the color should be, so it's pretty neat. But yes, uh, Tony Horton Kitchen has now morphed into uh, appearing in 7-Eleven stores in Southern California, and, and that's pretty exciting. We're going to do 30 stores right away. There's going to be four pressed juices, mm-hmm. two wraps, two salads, and two sandwiches. And so it's been a very long process on making sure that those things are affordable but also very healthy and and taste good, all mm-hmm. right. So that's the those are the three things that matter most to the average person who walks into 7-Eleven because you know typically it's a it's a it's a big gulp, a six pack of Miller Lite and, and a hot dog and a donut, you know, and and I've got to, It's very commendable for for 7-Eleven to finally say, hey, look, you know, our stores are all over the country, all over the world, and quite often they're sitting smack dab in the middle of, of food deserts in some community, right? right? And we don't have any healthy options other than a banana. You know, they got those bananas and maybe yeah. some fruit or something. And so this is a big step for them. And so my hope is that we find ways in which to get the average 7-Eleven customer to start to make a dietary change, to start to drink things that are healthier, eat food that is healthier, and also bring people who would never go to 7-Eleven, bring them to the stores as well. So the hope at this stage of the game is we'll do pretty well in those 30 stores and then 30 turns into 100, 100 turns into 1000 and then 1000 turns into all 9000 stores across the, the country. So uh, and then you got no more excuses. I mean there are there are so many 7-Eleven stores. Some some communities don't have them nearby and that's you know it's hard, but mm-hmm. but if if but if you do and you're in a pinch and you're short on time then that's where you should go to get a healthy meal. And a healthy drink so it's, which it's is cool. something
1: probably nobody ever thought go to 7 eleven for your health foods. I know, you know
0: I know and it could be it could be shattering. it yeah. could be earth shattering for them as a company and, and the cool thing is these young ex- executives over at 7 eleven Mike and, and uh, Rebecca, the two people that we deal with right now helping us make decisions on all kinds of things you know they it's really cool that 7 eleven has hired young people who who have made a dent because when a company's that big, things move pretty slowly. But they're very ambitious. They're very excited. And they're willing to make some changes, and this this I, this experiment could be one of the small pieces of the puzzle to help solve the obesity crisis, mm-hmm. because you can now walk into a 7-Eleven starting September first, and get healthy food and healthy healthy beverages, and that uh, that we think tastes pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's about taste, it right? Is. Oh wow, it's it's an eighteen dollar sandwich and it tastes like dirt. Forget it. You're not in Marin County, you know what I mean? Where people care more about some places, not Marin County. Sorry, I didn't mean to to give folks in Marin County. But you know, there's certain communities, certain cultures, in certain parts of the country where they'll eat freaking, you know, dirt and Brussels sprouts and quinoa three times a day because they believe that that's the absolute best ingredients that I can have. I'm gonna have an elk on gluten elk burger on gluten-free with organic sprouts and uh, and and hot house tomatoes. (laughs) And this morning I'm gonna have. For breakfast I'm going to have a egg white omelet with uh free range chickens from my backyard and you know and the vegetables that I pulled out this morning. Not everybody has those options, man. No, right, right. So for the rest of us that can that shop in 7-Eleven, you're going to have something pretty close.
1: Yeah. As far as juices go, how do you feel about juicing in general? Like I have a juicer and I've experimented with it here and there. And do you feel it's a welcome supplement or is it just unnecessary if you're eating what you should be anyway?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Quite often I'll get a question like that and and there's never a one-size-fits-all answer. It really depends on the individual. I think juicing is awesome. It's a big upgrade compared to what they were using before. But the process of juicing is is elaborate it is and the cleanup is a long time and so everybody who gets a juicer they're all fired up right they get the juicer and they clean that thing and by the fifth time they think Nah, that thing's staying under the sink i'm not not (laughs) i'm done i'm out you know what i mean (laughs) so that's why that's why we're making cold pressed juices on our own sure that way you don't gotta make them yourself and and the one thing too that and you know i get i get people who argue with me on this thing is that every time you take fruit and vegetables Mm -hmm. or especially just fruit and you grind them up, that's still a lot of sugar. It's not processed sugar. It's not white flour. It's not white sugar, but you're still, it's a sugar content. If you're not exercising a lot, then a sugar-laden, natural, all-fruit shake, that sugar, where's that going to go? What's that going to fuel us? I mean, some of it will be used as energy, and a lot of it will be used to you know, store as fat. Uh, that's why you, with the pressed juices, we were looking at, I think, nine options with 7 and we wanted to make sure there was a lot of kale, a lot of spinach, you know, beets, things that were lower on the glycemic index, we're going to have apple now, we're going to have lemon, we're going to have lime and stuff like that. But we want to make sure that the the sugar content in our juices were lower than some of the others out there that are purely for taste. You know, they can write all natural, organic, blah, blah uh, on the cover, but you flip over the back and you realize, oh, wow, you know, 34 grams of sugar per half serving. What? That's not so good. So, um, yeah, when it comes to juicing, Hey, man, if it works for you and it's, and it's mostly vegetables that you're throwing mm-hmm. on that juicer, you know, wheatgrass and kale and, and spinach and stuff like that with a little bit of, of fruit in there to you know for flavor so it doesn't taste like lawn, lawn clippings, yeah. uh, then you're probably good to go. But enjoy cleaning up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, to kind of wrap, start wrapping things up because mm. you've been so generous with your time. Oh, hey, man, no I want to do so. You had mentioned that you occasionally watch TV and movies and stuff, and that's something we focus on a lot here on the show. And mm. I'm curious what, what kind of entertainment you enjoy.
0: Wow! Yeah, these are good questions, man. This is like the typical. All right, how much body fat do you have? What kind of underwear do you wear? All right. <laughs> we want to know about you. I mean, you, you know, um, I love, I love um, um, news magazine shows. So I mm-hmm. love Frontline. Frontline's been around since I was a kid, I, and I, I watch it. it just, you know, it's kind of sporadic on when it comes on. But I love knowing about about that. There's another uh, new show on HBO called Vice, which is sort of a hipper new show. Okay. That's like 60 Minutes, but they get right down and dirty, man. They get in the thick of some crazy stuff, you know. Their correspondents, you know, bullets are going over their head and bombs are blowing up and they're in North Korea, you know, sneaking in the back door. And it's pretty awesome, you know. I find that fascinating because I wasn't much of a student, so I'm trying to learn as much about what's going on in the world now and um so vice uh, 60 minutes of course been yeah, around since yeah. uh, i wait. grew up watching that like 60th? every Sunday yeah with my yeah, dad, yeah. So. oh when they go to re- reruns i get so sad you yeah know? <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta wait for the fall for the no new start.
1: information yeah right where's the <laughs> new
0: stuff you know and i watch the i watch the nightly news every night i don't yeah. miss it you know and uh, uh but you know i'm going through the final ep- season of dexter right now or three yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. he
1: is on like what were you right now He's done. We we've I've watched the whole thing and I pushed him into it, and then yeah. he might be even more into it than I was when I watched it. Really, now. I'm
2: yeah. now reading the book series. So oh, book you
0: guys two. are psycho like Let me. me. Yeah. and I, I've got three episodes <laughs> left, and I can I can oh. kind of see what's coming. Yeah, I hear the final episode is a bit disappointing. Yeah, I see, won't say I anything, for but it. I liked it. Oh, you it's did? Just, oh, you yeah. did? I'm glad. I'm He's glad the to only hear that. Person
1: I've ever heard say that. No, oh, really. no, no, no. I, I, and I'm not. But I'm
0: saying. Who kills Dexter? That's all I'm thinking. Right, who, right. Don't, 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 worry, don't worry. Somebody's killing Dexter. I don't know who it is. I just think it's gonna be his sister, man. I really do. I think it's gonna be his sister taking him down. But uh look the total silence. Don't even look at me. Yeah. So, you know, um and and then of course I, I love um Mad Men. I'm a big fan of Mad Men. And then uh Breaking Bad when that ended, man, that that series that yeah. was awesome man. I have yet to start that oh, one. Oh!
1: I unfortunately know how it ends already because oh, yeah. you just can't avoid I'm surprised right, you avoided right. the Dexter stuff this yeah. long but yeah it's a um, miracle but. but I am I'm dying to but it's one of those things that it feels like it's going to be grating to watch because I know how heavy it is so I'm like it is heavy it's a motivation you know, my girlfriend
0: and I would watch that show and then we, we, we 80% of the time we ended up having arguments after yeah <laughs> <laughs> not about the show just we just kind of put us in this really deranged mood it, it's such but it is so well written, it's yeah. so well acted. Oh, I can't wait! It is such a visual uh, cornucopia. Uh, that's not even the right phrase, <laughs> but but yeah, it was really great. Uh, and I like you know, I mean, like I said, I like Stephen Colbert and, and yeah. John, John Stewart. You know, they're, friend, they're, they're uh, fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, then occasionally I'll catch I'll catch an American Ninja Warrior, see what that's going yeah. on. But I don't watch any of the reality TV shows. I don't watch any of it. I man, just think man, it's man just it. it's just crap. Yeah, there's no, no reality just, to it. No. There isn't. It's all a lot of it scripted, you know. And I've I've done one or two. All right, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna walk in the room, and the girls are gonna react yeah, yeah. like this. and they like, oh, this is not there's nothing <laughs> real, real about this, you know. It's just really cheap, inexpensive TV yeah. that gets ratings, and uh, it's kind of too bad. The show that I'm most excited about is the one that I hope I get to do called The Next Level, and we've pitched it to ABC, CBS, Discovery, A and E, and a couple others. We've been turned down by two networks, which is disappointing, but we think it's a we think it's a pretty compelling show. And it's not dissimilar from 60 Minutes or Vice or something, okay. but but what we're doing, it's all personality driven. So I'm I'm the person doing the interview, mm-hmm. talking and, and experiencing the lifestyle of the person who's kicking ass. You know, okay. it's really whether it be Elon Musk, you know, from Tesla, or it be LeBron James or whoever it is. You, you know, we see these people in society, and we see how powerful and successful and strong and fit and and incredible they are, and we all, we want to wonder how the hell they got there. You sure, know what I mean, sure. so we get you know we get immersed in their world. You know, like an episode would be. You know, what if I hung out with Bruce Springsteen, and uh, you know, Bruce and I do a workout together, and then I, I dip, in, dip into his world where I get to play the tambourine on stage. Sure, you know what I mean, or That's something. Awesome. That would be, you know, that'd be a dream. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, it's hard to believe. But. Yeah,
1: anything that can help you accomplish your dreams. Yeah, I mean.
0: exactly right. I mean, we we um our pilot, which we shot and and sh- you know showed to all the networks, was with the uh, Navy SEAL commander, a guy who basically runs uh, buds. Runs the whole program, designs uh-huh. the program, puts these guys through it. And uh so, you know, he and I did a little workout together, I showed him my moves, he showed me his. So, you know, he he was immersed in my world and and me and his. And uh just discovering where he was from, where he came from, you know, how he got started. You know, he was just a kid who wanted to be a Navy SEAL, now he runs the whole program. And so, you know, if you look at the pilot, people think, damn, this is really this is cool. I mean, who knew this guy existed? Who knew how it started? You know, now we learned something about somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we would probably, uh, you know, it could be an hour-long format where we meet somebody in the first half hour and then another person in the second half hour. Yeah, so fingers crossed on that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, so where can people find you online then if they want to get more info? Well,
0: involved? you know, uh, all kinds of places. You can go to Tony Horton Kitchen, obviously, if you want to order some food. And, and by the way, there's no long-term commitment to that thing. You know, people think, oh, wow, $9 a meal, 14 that's times three. <gasps> can I afford that? You can do two meals a day, like I said. So Tony Horton Kitchen, get a week's worth, test it out. If you like it, great, keep going. If you want to cancel any time, not a problem, you know. But the idea here is to help people solve that food conundrum. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I got the fitness thing down. I'm working out four or five days a week, but I can't get this food thing under control. So uh, there are story after story after story. And you can go on the website and look at our testimonials of people who just lost a, lost a ton of weight just with no exercise because they were going through rehab or mm-hmm. something or they had some injury and they still lost the weight and got really healthy and fit just because the nutrients and the, f- the fiber and the whole foods were going into their body maybe for the first time meal after meal mm-hmm. and the other one is Tony Horton Life. Tony Horton Life is my website and you can go there and you can see where I'm appearing. I'm going to be in Omega coming up here in Rhinebeck, New York. Um, uh, this coming weekend. I don't know when you guys air this. But. Uh, this will be
1: up in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, it was a great it, trip. It, yeah, wasn't? by the <laughs> way, yes.
0: That Rhinebeck event in Omega uh, was great. But so I, I probably show up around the country about 12 to 15 times a year. Uh, there's an event coming up in Miami and there's one in, uh, actually called Wow. If, so if you can get out to Telluride, which is probably one of the most spectacular places you've ever been in your life telluride colorado mm-hmm. the wow the wow event is out there and uh, there's still some tickets i believe we're not sold out yet but um yeah so tony horton live tony horton kitchen and then uh, tony horton fitness will be up soon we're gonna have a, a website for our clothes awesome. which is really really great i'm actually wearing one of the prototypes that's now nice. that's the logo yeah which like if it. you're listening you can't see it but it's mind-bending <laughs> how <good> it is. <laughs> So that's me, yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And I'll be tweeting at you in a couple weeks to find out uh, what you thought about the Dexter finale because I'm very curious oh, to get here. Your...
0: Yeah. And now that i put the in, I'm spacing them out. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm go- doing yeah. one a week. You don't want to stop, right? Yeah. You think, oh, I know. It's when like it's, it's over, ending. it's over. That's yeah. like Breaking Bad. It was, you kind of felt like you were going to a funeral, you know? Yeah. No moss. Such a bummer. Well, like I
2: said, you got a book series, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to read it while you're on a plane.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a book series, and they all
1: And the books were first. And then they uh, like veered way off after oh, the first at the novel. End of the
2: first book, nothing is the same.
1: Yeah. It's
2: really, cool. Oh, really. It's a whole new adventure. Look it's at awesome.
0: you go, man. <laughs> oh, my God. That's impressive. Hi, yeah, I'm man. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you. Really. My, my pleasure, fellas. Great questions. And uh, uh, it's just uh, an honor to be here at Westerly Fitness. Appreciate you taking time out <laughs> of
2: your, your personal vacation, too. Yeah, so right. To not only teach a class at my gym, but to sit down with us for a good 50 minutes to yeah. do this. Not appreciated.
0: Hey, you know, I mean, uh, anytime I can spread the word and share what I know and and somebody learns, uh, you know, that's that's a good thing. Moving people in the right direction is a good thing. So awesome. thank you, boys. Thank Thank you. you. We are shaking hands, by (laughs) the way. We are now officially shaking hands. (laughs) All right. Cool.
1: Thanks again to Tony for joining us. I can honestly say that is one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done here. Make sure to check out Tony Horton Kitchen and TonyHortonLife.com. To see everything else that we do, head on over to TheGeekGeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at Facebook.com TheGeekGeneration. Follow us at GeekGeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheNightAngel. Support the show by going to TheGeekGeneration.com support. Send emails to podcast at TheGeekGeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machiné Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week with more good stuff. Later.
0: Make it so.